oil for my father's house consumes me. This is the Terry and Jesse show. We are here to help people love God, save souls, and slay error. I'm reporting for duty. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. Terry. Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. And Jesse, you know, your police background comes in almost every day here on Virgin Most Powerful. But specifically today, we're going to be talking about, unfortunately, prostitution that's going on all over the country and in the world, actually, but specifically in the city of Los Angeles. And what laws have been put in that are undermining uh, this whole uh, issue of decency and how it's tied into the LGBT? What? Yes, and much more. So this is going to be... And we're also going to talk about the love of a secret from the hidden life of Jesus in Nazareth, the secret of Fatima. We've got to keep talking about Our Lady of Fatima, especially in these times that we're living in. But, Jesse, I want to say a good-to-know file. This kind of blew me away. The British Prime Minister shocks the liberal media by affirming... Are you? Oh, gosh, I can't believe you said this. Affirming that a woman is an adult human female. Is this microphone on, Jess? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that's shocking the liberal media because you can see that a woman, I mean, it quacks like a duck, it acts like a duck, it's a duck. That's just shocking. Another another good news story. Uh, This is a a good news story because it tied in with our prostitution issue. Musk from the Twitter, he bought Twitter, he pledges to clean Twitter of child abuse content. Are you ready for this, Jess? 120,000 views of a video showing a boy being sexually assaulted. And you don't think that's going to ruin a culture? I thank him. I don't know if he has any wow. you know, Catholic roots. I have no idea. But moral, the morality of taking this uh, pornography off the Internet, I commend him for that. He's a man of goodwill at the very least, Terry. I agree. <laughs> Fellow, or what we call a fellow traveler. Yep. Yep. Terry, I just want, there's a couple of uh, need to know items that I'd like to mention. Uh, (laughs) Biden, Biden to end pandemic emergency. Politicals reporting that the Biden administration will end the COVID-19 health emergency on May 11th of 2023. Mm. The White House announced the plans as two House Republican bills were introduced to end the emergencies immediately. The White House said their plan. They said their plan would allow at least 60 days notice prior to termination of the emergency. So, the uh, basically the Republicans uh, pushed him in this direction. He wouldn't have done it. Good. Next, 2023 sees dozens of bills to protect kids. Utah last Saturday passed a law that bans inflicting so-called transgender yep. medicine on children, including cross-sex hormones and surgeries. Meanwhile, legislatures in more than half of the rest of the United States will this year consider their own bills designed to protect kids from what advocates call the irreversible damage that gender treatments do to young bodies. Also, Teachers Union teaches pre-K kids gender ideology. An official with the National Education Association, by the way, which should be disbanded completely, America's largest teachers union, said kids should start learning about gender identity and preferred pronouns in pre-kindergarten. When you look at the elementary school students, many people think they're, they're too young to talk about pronouns, said the National Education Association, Matthew Powell, during a webinar last summer. But by asking students their preferred pronouns 
at a young age, operatives can make room for students who may be exploring gender identity. And finally, axing the Unconstitutional Face Act, the Biden Injustice Department (laughs) invoked the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Face Act to send dozens of armed FBI agents to raid the home of pro-life Catholic father Mark Houck and arrest him in front of his wife and children, writes Ellie Purnell. His crime, after a Planned Parenthood escort escort repeatedly harassed his young son and ignored Houck's (laughs) demands that he stop, Houck's wife says he pushed the man away from his child. Good. Ellie Purnell believes it's now t- it's now past time for Congress to repeal the FACE Act and do away with the reckless state-sponsored terrorizing of innocent Americans that the law enables. Wow. Jesse, I want to just mention before you do the soul food, <clears throat> I've reflected over the weekend about my Catholic faith. Sometimes it's good just to reflect, and I thought about the vigors of Christ that are in my lifetime as a young man and how they confirmed me in my faith. And I think of... Pope Paul VI with Hermani Vitae in 1968. I was 11 years old, 12 years old, and didn't think anything of it until I got to be older and now with my own family. And being convinced that it was intrinsically evil, contraception, it affected my family in a real positive way because I have children. So I thank Pope Paul VI for that. Then John Paul II, back in 78, talked about his consecration to the Blessed Mother, that's the year I consecrated my life to the Our Lady through St. Maximian Colby, like he did, and through De Montfort. And so that helped me find a greater love for Jesus Christ in the person of Christ, and I thank him for confirming me in my faith. Then Pope Benedict XVI really confirmed me in my faith as an adult because of his teaching on moral relativism, that I need to be rooted in the fullness of the truth only in Jesus Christ, and it really really helped me stay focused on one thing, Jesus Christ, and I rejected worldly views of what they call truth. So I thank Pope Benedict. Then I might add, Pope Francis, he's still the Pope right now. I hope he can do even more than what he did for me. He, well, what he said was he he taught me to recycle my bottles, but I was already doing that in high school. So, you know, it didn't really do anything to confirm me in my faith, but, you know, I thank him. I, it was a good thing to recycle. I, I've been doing it for decades. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what I really want to ask Pope Francis to do in his remaining time as the Pope is do what the predecessors did. Inspire me to have a greater love for Jesus Christ and a love for the next world, heaven. So that's what I've learned over the weekend when I was reflecting on popes in my life, Jess. Good reflections, Terry. <laughs> Very, yeah, it, it seems like you're thinking about this long and hard. Yeah. Let me do some soul food real quick, Terry. Yeah, you got it. Today, Mark chapter 6, verse 53 to 56, the Bible says, After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there, and they were leaving the boat. People immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he heard, he entered. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak. And as many as touched it were healed the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So why were people being brought to Jesus, to sit, the poor and the lame? is because there was no hospitals at the time of yeah. Christ. The only people that could afford a doctor a home visit were the rich, uh, the, the, the bourgeois. Yep. 
Uh, if you were poor, guess what? You just That's why people died way over 40 years old back then at the time of Christ, between about 30 and 40 was the lifespan, yeah. uh, because people had no access to hospitals or doctors. That's why Jesus Christ was, uh, when they saw that he could perform miracles, uh, everybody went after him because they wanted to be healed. I like what uh, <clears throat> um, Cardinal O'Connor, rest in peace, he says about this. He says, miracles are, a signs, uh, are signs of what will come. An illness is indirectly at least related to original sin. When Jesus brings about a cure, he's showing that he has power not only over a medical situation, to call it such, but over sin, because in some way the illness is indirectly related with sin. This is especially true in the case of raising Lazarus from the dead. Death itself came into the world through the original sin of Adam and Eve. When Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he is showing that he has the power over death. Cardinal O'Connor, Archbishop wow, of New well York. Said, well said. Yeah. Terry, I just want to also mention a very important feast day today. Yes, uh, a martyr. Th- yeah. Uh, St. Paul Miki and his companions, thousands of, of uh, Christians in Japan suffered martyrdom in the 16th and 17th centuries. And one of the first to give witness to Christ was on February 5th, 1597, where Japanese Jesuit Paul Miki and his companions, including 16 Japanese laymen, wow. four of whom were boys. Yep. Uh, the Japanese shoguns were fearful that the Catholic missionaries represented the vanguard of an impending conquest by European forces. So the shoguns, which are the emperors in Japan, they ordered the men to be marched 400 miles, 400 mile walk wow. from Miyako to Nagasaki, with blood streaming down their faces as a sign of their disgrace, their ears had been cut off and and made to walk 400 miles. In Nagasaki, each was bound to a cross and killed with a lance. The Japanese martyrs were canonized in 1862, and the tradition tells us that St. Paul Miki was preaching the gospel as he was hanging on a cross like St. Andrew the Apostle. St. Miki, pray for us. Wow, that's all I can say. It's a big wow. All right, let's bring in the uh, smartest guy into the room, Arch. I don't think we're going to have enough time, but I'm just going to say this real quick. Bishop Sheen says, we are all born with the power of speech, but we need grammar. Conscience, too, needs revelation. The Bible, right? Mm. The evil in the world must not make me doubt the existence of God. There could be no evil if there were no God. Before there can be a hole in a uniform, there must be a uniform. Before there's death, there must be life. Before there is error, there must be truth. Before there is a crime, there must be liberty and law. Before there is a war, there must be peace. Before there's a devil, there must be a God. Rebellion against whom made the devil. Wow. Hey, Jess, we're going to set up the the next segment. I want to quote right now Pope John Paul II saying, Pressure for homosexual relationships to be considered as different from the family, form of the family, which are also entitled to the right of adoption, is a violation of God's law and the ideology of evil seeking to use human rights against humanity and the family. That was St. Paul Paul, St. John Paul II. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Jess. Jess, let's talk about uh, this whole new law that's going in California starting in January because it really is, uh, and, and I'm just going to 
the Canada, uh, just tell it like it is. This is all about rights for LGBT, but it's affecting our young people in a very bad yeah. way. Terry, you got a bad player in California. Oh, he's, man. He's Wieners a state is, senator, Scott Weiner. He's been consistently horrible on everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anybody would. would I, I would change that last name. I'm just personally. Why yeah. would anybody want to be? Yeah. That's a side point. But he's a state senator in California. He's a homosexual. Yep. And uh, and he and he drives the, the it looks like he drives the train. Well, the, the Republicans have no voice there because they're outnumbered. They the Democrats run both houses and the governor's mansion. Yeah, it's a one party uh, state. Yeah, so one, so the article is about prostitution. Let me give you the definition of prostitution from the catechism, yeah. then we'll jump into the article. Good point. 2355. Prostitution does injury to the dignity of the person Man. who engages in it, reducing the person to an instrument of sexual pleasure. Yep. The one who pays the one who pays sins gravely against himself, uh, he violates the chastity to which his baptism pledged him. And defiles his body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Prostitution is a social <laughs> scourge. Mm-hmm. It usually involves women, but also men, children, and adolescents. The latter two cases involve the added sin of scandal when it's children and adolescents. While it is always gravely sinful to engage in prostitution, the imputability of the offense can be attenuated by destitution, blackmail, or social pressure. So it looks, Terry, like California is becoming a predator's paradise. Oh, big time it is. Because of State Senator Scott Weiner, he's making California a haven for human trafficking. But uh, he's saying, no, 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 no. I'm making a more welcome environment for the LGBTQ youth. Mm -hmm. So on Saturday night in South Los Angeles, cars pull up and idle along the sides of streets of Figueroa. High beams ablaze so the drivers can get a good look at the girls. The women stand three astride in the middle of the street. In pasties and G-string bikinis under fishnet dresses, draped over their shoulders are unzipped coats. Even in temperate Los Angeles, the night's January chill is biting. In seven-inch lucite heels, they tweeter toward the driver of each car the way you might walk barefoot across gravel. Mm. Less than a block away, their pimps keep company on a sidewalk corner in hoodies and loose jeans watching their their women, basically, yeah. awaiting the payout. Absent is the one thing that might typically break up the party, a police car. In early January, the author of this article, Abigail Schreier, joined Aaron Wilson and Stephanie Powell on the tour of the track on Figueroa, one of California's busiest prostitution areas. For decades, Aaron Wilson, who volunteers for the anti-trafficking organization Journey Out, and her mother, Powell, have worked to combat human trafficking in Los Angeles and to help women and child victims escape this brutal world. Mm. In our post-feminist era, prostitution is is so often idealized as sex work is work Mm. that it's easy to overlook the gruesome reality of what it means to have a pimp, an arrangement closer to slavery than to any legitimate job. The horror stories... She says, I could tell you about prostitutes being beaten and being choked and being burned and being gang raped, said Vanessa Russell of Love Never Fails, an anti-trafficking nonprofit based near Oakland. And the PTSD and all the mental health, the trauma bonding, the psychotic breaks. Maybe you're somebody who likes to have sex more than once a day, but nine to 21 times with different guys 
some are some that are like 90 years old that smell the body's not even made for that nope like the pelvic inflammatory diseases <laughs> that you can see she ticks off the way a woman's body subjected to microbial assault the stds yep yeast infections and utis that are frequent among the women she sees their hospital records prove she says that the human body is not meant to have that much activity going on. And then the girls that are out there where they're being sold, they don't even take showers in between. While the last few decades have seen an increase in human trafficking, women in all three of the anti-trafficking groups I spoke with across California agreed. Nothing compares with the stunning rise in trafficking that that they've witnessed in recent months. Powell formerly a sergeant in the Los Angeles Police Department's Vice Division, knows the city streets intimately. Over the last six months, the number of prostitutes has doubled, oh she says. On Figueroa between 68th and 75th in an hour, you might see about 30 girls out there. Now you can see 60 to 65 girls in an hour. And what, what's the issue? Why is that increasing, Jesse? Because that's what's important to know now. Tell us. The answer... Is the anti-trafficking advocates told me is Senate Bill 357, signed by Governor Gavin Newsom in July. Yep. The measure decriminalized loitering with the intent to engage in prostitution. Can you believe that? The bill did not officially take effect until January 1st of this year, but from the moment it became law back in July, these women uh, say the on-the-ground reality changed. The minute the governor signed it, you started seeing an uptick on the streets, Powell said. And on social media, the pimps were saying, you'd better get out there and work because the streets are ours. Wow. The the pimps were right. Yep. Police stopped making arrests for crimes they can no longer be charged, that would no longer be charged. Powell explained, so if I have a law that says you can't loiter in this area with pasties and a G-string flagging down cars, I could stop you for that because you're loitering. But if I just say I'm stopping you because you look kind of young, that's a little weak. So it takes away a tool from law enforcement. Without the statute, police hands are suddenly tied by the governor. Henceforth, questioning the girls and potentially provoking a violent confrontation with pimps came to seem a gamble, one that California's police officers would now avoid. Prostitution remains illegal in California, But police have lost significant ground in an effort to contain it. Women at an anti-trafficking nonprofits in the Bay Area, San Diego, and Los Angeles all emphasized, quote, the only time they have the right to engage and investigate is if they hear the transaction going on between the buyer and the exploited person, said Russell, who works with the Oakland Police Department. You might wonder at this point, who benefits from SB 357? Sergeant Campos wonders too. Not the communities, he said, for whom a rise, a rise in trafficking brings more gun violence, which often attends, attends prostitution. Not the sex workers, many of whom rely on police officers for help in escaping their pimps. I think, if anything, it probably helped the sex traffickers the most, Sergeant Campo said. Why would anyone propose such a law? Why would the California state legislature pass it? I asked the bill's author, San Francisco-based set State Senator Scott Weiner. Oh, boy. The answer he gave is the one that he supplies for so many of the bills he authors. He says, 
it was necessary to advance the rights of LGBTQ people. Unbelievable. He says, if you're standing on the sidewalk with high heels and you wear your hair a certain way and you wear tight clothing, an officer can say, I think you're lawyering with the intent to commit prostitution and arrest you. Wiener said, that is not how we should be doing things in the United States of America. Arresting people for how they look, he continued. And when you do that, not surprisingly, it's only certain kinds of people who actually get arrested. <laughs> it's trans women. It's black women. It's an inherently profiling law, Scott Wiener said. Then he's randomly arresting a bunch of black trans women for how they look is not protecting potential victims of human trafficking, says Scott Wiener, that is practicing homosexual. Uh, he's a state senator for California. Yes, before you go on to here, I just want to arrest something here about storytelling. I know... When you were a cop 30 years ago in East L.A., I knew what you did. You told stories how you would take women off the streets based on your profiling them, seeing that they're half you naked. You have to. Of course you do, dude. You, you know what, Jesse? <laughs> common sense. You wouldn't have done your, your obligated duty to protect the innocent if you didn't do that. Father Peter Irving in your old parish in Pacoima, California, called uh, um, Guardian Angel Parish. It's right where the, uh, you know— what do you call it? The projects. Projects. Projects, yeah. And in the 1980s, they had a lot of problems with prostitution. <clears throat> Father Peter didn't wait for the government to step in. He went in there and started pulling these girls out himself. The pimps got mad at him. They <clears throat> jumped him, put a gun to his head, and said, Hey, priest, you're, you're messing up with my business. You do it one more time, and you're dead. And the priest told the guy right there, Father Peter is a young priest, he looked at that guy with a gun pointing him in the head and says, hey, when was the last time you went to confession, man? <laughs> and, and the guy didn't was shocked that the priest was like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, you go ahead and ki kill me, but I'm going to go straight to heaven. I'm worried about your soul. You're going to hell with what you're doing right now, dude. And, I and you need to repent of what you're doing. And, and the guy just shook Jesse and, and, and put his gun down and says, okay, Father, I'll go to confession. <laughs> wow. So the point of it is, is, you see, we need that extreme yes. responses. We can't have cops like what you. If you were a cop thirty years ago and you and you let that kind of stuff go, you wouldn't be doing your duty, because yeah. that's what you guys do. You protect the innocent. And Father Peter Irving, as his story is my, you know, a friend of mine, is related through marriage in our family. His story should inspire many others to say, "Wait a minute, this isn't right." And so what's the answer? It's always the answer is Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. Yes. But the very fact that he had the courage to challenge that pimp, that's what we need to be doing. But, Jess, let's continue on that article. So I think people will remember that story. Absolutely. Uh, if a woman is wearing a G-string bikini in the middle of the street and she's flagging down cars yep. while men in dark clothes stand, stand watching her <laughs> as if holding an invisible leash, mm -hmm. she's very likely to be a modern-day sex slave. That's, yep. that, let's just call it what that's it is. It. Russell started a ministry, Love Never Fails, as part of a rescue mission for girls like her former student. Mm -hmm. Twelve, She said 12 years ago, yeah. people didn't even know what human trafficking was. Wow. There were all these myths about it being something that, that's only happening to people from other countries. Yeah. There were myths about slavery has ended here. <clears throat> and so I think we did a good job of demonstrating that, no, it's alive and well, and it's happening here in the U.S. 83% of all cases within the U.S., within the US are of U.S.-born people. Unbelievable. She's, Russell says, on my ride-along with Sergeant Powell and Wilson in Los Angeles just after 10 p.m., before the track really gets going, 
I saw several lines of vehicles stretching around the block, each manned by a prospective client, waiting for his chance with one of the girls. At least 35 male females worked the lines, most of them white or Latina. Many looked very young, under 18. I identified only one prostitute as transgender, though Sergeant Powell noted that they were likely others at the second location on Western. Powell and Wilson told me that the traffic starts to pick up at 11 p.m. and peaks at midnight. But after 11.30 p.m., the chance of gun violence erupting around the pimps escalates. We wouldn't be safe in Oakland and in San Diego area. Russell and Marisa Ugarte, a woman who runs an anti-trafficking group out of San Diego, reiterated that the vast majority of the trafficked are female African-American women and girls in Oakland. We'll pick it up on the next Amen, segment. Amen, Jesse. And, you know, let's yeah. tie this also into killing of innocent baby. When you can kill a baby, why not kill a woman through a prostitution? Yeah. yeah. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful. Back with Terry and Jesse, this is a topic that is very difficult to chat about when we're talking about the human dignity of women and of men. Uh, Jess, let's continue with your police background because, I mean, you can relate to this. You yeah. saw it as a cop. Right. And we, plus we've lived in Southern California, you and yeah. I, Terry, for decades. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it was all around us. Of course. Especially, especially in downtown Los Angeles yep. in West Hollywood and Hollywood. Sure. But, uh, Terry... This guy, Scott Weiner, he's uh, this uh, state he's senator. Trouble, he, man. He, he's a bad hombre. Yep, I agree. Uh, he's uh, on Twitter, Scott Weiner, the California state senator, he posted pictures of himself posing bare chested at San Francisco's Folsom Street Fair. Oh, yeah. Where there's arms slung around men in bondage gear. Oh, so yeah. what's the what's the Folsom Street Fair? It's an Horrible. annual homosexual festival. In, La- in San Francisco, guys are walking around naked. That's true. And it's a party at- atmosphere. And they're whipping each other and doing all kinds of ungodly things to each other in public. Yep. Uh, Scott Weiner also, he also tweeted that during the monkeypox outbreak last summer, he he tweeted an article encouraging gay men to cover up their bumps with Band-Aids and, and to continue partying. Oh. He also threatened to make Drag Queen 101 a mandatory part of K-12 education. But, uh, you know, luckily other other senators uh, oppose him. Uh, Weiner also seems to delight in trolling his detractors. Yeah. Uh, yet in a political era defined by legislative gridlock in Washington, Weiner stands out, <coughs> unfortunately, as one of the most effective lawmakers. In the six years since the Harvard Law grad took office, he's managed to author and get past a series of radical and sex-related bills. Wow. He, yeah, this guy... This guy's the Nancy Pelosi of California. Yeah. Yeah. Where she was nationally. Here's some of the damage he's done. The measures that he's, the bills that he's uh, written and they've passed, mm-hmm. the measures have allowed biological male felons to self ID their way into women's prisons. <laughs> they've also assigned criminal penalties to healthcare workers who failed to provide gender affirming care in California. Yep. His bills have also made California a sanctuary state for LGBTQ youth. It's also expanded access to gender-affirming care for the LGBTQ-identified youth with and without parental approval. 
Another bill has proposed jail time for healthcare workers who willfully and repeatedly misgender patients. That is referred to them in a way at odds with their gender identity. Wow. And also, another bill that, that uh, he's uh, written is decriminalize the intentional exposure of a sexual partner to HIV and reduce criminal penalties for sex offenders. Another Wiener bill, Scott Wiener, is that he introduced in 2021, sought to decriminalize psilocybin and ketamine, but it failed to pass, thanks be to God, Amen. partly because of the vocal opposition of former state Senate Republican Melissa Melendez, who railed against easing restrictions on ketamine, which is a drug notorious for facilitating date rape. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I want to make just some comments here about, about how this all this happened, Terry. Yeah. Our Lady of Fatima. Oh, yeah. She warned us she back in 1917, if Catholics fail to pray the rosary yep. and complete the, fa- the, uh, the, the five first Saturdays, yep. uh, you know, over and over in a loop every year. And if the popes did not consecrate Russia by name to her immaculate heart, that uh, these are the consequences of, of, of atheism, of secular humanist thought, yep. of abortion, of communism. Yep. These are the consequences that we're living. And as a result of, of uh, she's also said, Our Lady of Fatima said that more people will go to hell because of the Sixth and Ninth Commandment. That's a fact. Think about that. More people. So what's the Sixth Commandment? Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's any sex outside of marriage, really. The Ninth Commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. And Jesse, let's think about what year she said that. And then think about the pornography that's going on today versus 19. Yeah, there was no pornography back then. Exactly. And just, you know, there was one more thing I want to bring into this that I'm pointing the finger at me as a Catholic. The church needs to do more to knock this out. I I saw the uh, video, it's on YouTube, up in Oakland, where St. Joseph's Catholic uh, little elementary school is right across the street from where they're doing their prostitution. And they show you videos of it all, and the the school's upset about it, but the uh, government's saying, oh, we can't do anything about it. The city of Oakland's saying, well, we'll... We'll try and do something. But, you know, the we used to have decency laws, okay? Yeah. And, the, and the bishops, I, I say our successors of, of uh, the apostles, had some really strong statements about saying, look, we gotta keep the mor- we got to keep the bar high when it comes to morality. And it seems that once we fell with the, we had these, uh, the League of Decency going on with movies and, and, and moral things, once we fell and said, ah, oh, let the culture take over, look what's happened not only inside the church but in the culture. It's a, the Western society is collapsing. Mm. It's collapsing yep. right yeah. before our eyes. And, Terry, and the problem is in California that is you have a, a veto-proof supermajority in both chambers. That's right. And uh, Republican legislators are really, really irrelevant. Well, they can't do anything. Yeah, the article says that Governor Newsom is a legislative show poodle it's Scott Weiner who calls the shots in California. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and Jesse, what's going to happen? We see in California, and I did that little commercial for Real Estate for Life because people, this is a rough place to raise your family. Like I tell you right now, <coughs> if you move out of California, do it because the state is is making these laws that are going to undermine your parental authority. Yeah. You know, and as and as soon as a Republican strategist, uh, you know, goes opposes Scott Weiner, yeah, and, and, you know, uh, they oppose one of his 
pro-LGBTQ bills, yeah, he starts name-calling. He oh, yeah. turns around and starts saying you're homophobic, homophobic you're transphobic, yep. you're yep. this or that. Yep. Uh, and the, the fact is, is that all the media picks up on it yeah. and starts blasting that Republican, you know, sure. politician. Yep. And you got you got to, the mainstream media, numbered. big you're tech. They start blasting you, and this is this is how they they shout down the Republicans. They just start calling them names. Yep. Let, uh, so how did this how did this happen? How did we get here? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, just. Our country got over-sexualized and pornified. And I'm going to tell you who the players are. You have Hugh Hefner, who started Playboy in 1953. Then, in 1965, you had Bob Guccione, who started Penthouse. Then, in 1972, you had Larry Flint, who started Hustler. And what's ironic is that these men are treated, you know, they're all dead now, but they used to be treated as, as respectable dignitaries, they used to be treated like gentlemen and businessmen by the mainstream by the mainstream corrupt media. Then you also have the mainstream media or Hollywood that's with just gar- vile, sexually pornified shows like MTV, VH1, BET, The Howard Stern Show, Sex yep. in the City, Desperate Housewives, Californication on Showtime, Cougar Town, Wife Swap on ABC Reality TV. All these and more. There's a lot more. Oh, yeah. These soft, porno, sexually promiscuous programs are shown day in and day out, so that we'll just accept the morality as something quite normal. And the media intends to make church-going people look like morons that were out of touch with society's norms. Yeah, Jesse. Let me just jump in and add one more element. I say this all the time. We talk about sexually transmitted diseases. We have 340 million people in America. How many more STDs do we need? We have 110 million people walking around America with sexually transmitted diseases that cost the medical field, okay, uh, in other words, our tax dollars, $16 billion a year. So we're out of control. And that, those statistics were from three years ago. It's only got worse, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, the sexual revolution was created by three factors. Here they are. Number one, Kinsey, the doctor scientist who told people that no one was paying attention to traditional mores any longer. Uh, You know, Kinsey's the one that started introducing all kinds of sexual aberrant practices using his Ph.D. as license to teach immorality. Then you have the Hugh Hefner philosophy that was promoted in Playboy, just used women. Yep. And of course, I think the big one was the invention of the birth control pill. Oh, yeah. This would, none of this would be possible without sex. the birth control pill. Yep. Yep. So, Alfred Kinsey, this, sci- this immoral scientist, Hugh Hefner, and the birth control pill, this was the perfect storm in America of circumstances to create the sexual revolution. No, you nailed it, Jesse, and you just I, laid it I, all out. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I really do, Terry. No, you do. And you know, Jesse, you have that in your book also. Why don't we yeah. give a plug yeah. for your book? Because you covered that. Yeah, it's, it's a book. It's called Knocked Off the Donkey, right. where, right. where I go through all of this. Yep. Uh, the pornifica- the over-sexualization and pornica- pornification of our culture. Yeah. And, uh, Terry, it seems to me like our society is commitment-phobic. To, you know, they're oh, anti-marriage. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because yep. secular humanist marriages, they're non-committed. It, like we say in our third vow— 
uh, that you take your 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 wife and your wife takes a husband till death do us part. Yeah. Uh, or some other language close to that. Well, y- y- you look at the people that that are co- the rich and the famous. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. When she died, was on her eighth marriage. Yep. Larry King is on his eighth marriage, a- and the list of others who show contempt for their marriage, like David Letterman. Who, who has fornicated and slept with all his television show staff. You have people like Tiger Woods, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Congressman Wiener, Mayor Villaraigosa. These are people that show contempt for marriage, and these are the people that, are the, that uh, seem to be, their, their names uh, are, are, you know, uh, are, are, are glitter and gold, and, and uh, the media is always talking about how great they are. And, and they are horrible examples of human persons, Terry. And that's why the Bible says no fornicator will enter the kingdom of heaven. Yep. And so why we have to pray for their conversions. Man, we're talking about Our Lady of Fatima, about sinners. Yeah. We're going to talk about the seven secret symbols of the rosary because that's our weapon. Yeah. Amen. Our spiritual weapon. Gentlemen, ladies, get your weapons out. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. Jess, I also want to remind everybody the spiritual warfare conference is coming up. We only have a few more Seats, you can go to vmpr.org. Also, good news, I just got Jesse Romero's brother, Johnny, is going to be at the men's conference in June here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We'll put that up on our website so you can get into that. And much, much more. Stay with us, family. The seven secret symbols of the rosary and much, much more here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thanks for staying with us. We hope this last segment will inspire you to take your weapon out daily. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, the seven secret symbols of the rosary. We talk about Padre Peel saying his rosary is his spiritual weapon. Boy, do we need a spiritual weapon today, brother. We sure have it. It's called the rosary. Before I jump into this topic, I just want to mention just two good news items that just uh, came up. People sent it to me across the wire here. Texas Governor Abbott announces statewide TikTok ban. I love it. You catch that? Yes. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced a new statewide policy Monday banning TikTok on personal and state-issued devices for all public employees. Abbott unveiled a new statewide security plan that bans the use of TikTok and other software due to the security threat it poses to official government business, he said in a release, press release. Awesome. The governor cited the ownership of TikTok by a Chinese firm with close ties to the Chinese Communist Party as a reason to ban the popular video sharing application. He's spot on. Good for you, Governor, Te- Governor Abbott. Also, here's another good news item, Terry. Tell us. The USCCB president responds to Biden. Oh, yeah. Catholic bishops, he said, Archbishop Broglio's comments were a direct response to Joe Biden's claim that not all of the U.S. bishops were supportive of a move to, of a move to ban taxpayer funds for abortion. Yeah. Bro, Bro, uh, Broglio says, the president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has responded to President Joe Biden's recent comments on abortion, stating that the Catholic Church is clear 
in its effort to make abortion unthinkable. Good for Archbishop Timothy Broglio, yeah. who d- directly responded to Biden's lies. You see, Jesse, this is what the church needs, in my humble opinion, leaders that will respond to lies. Because when we're silent, that means either two things. We agree with it or we don't care. That's my take. That's right. So the secret symbols of the Holy Rosary. Yes, let's do it. The At first glance, the rosary looks like nothing more than an ancient counting tool. Mm-hmm. Its beads are chained together in simplicity and beauty. But for the untrained eye, simple mm-hmm. beauty is only face is its only face value. Yeah, sure, the beads can be made from 24 karat gold and the chains of pure silver. But the true value of Our Lady's gift to humanity is worth much, much more. So let's go through mm-hmm. the seven symbols, okay. secret symbols of the rosary. And it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the number seven is a number of perfection. Exactly. So the first symbol that I like to talk about is the seeds. Each bead consists of the potential to bear fruit in our spiritual lives. Essentially, each of these 50 beads are scattered amongst the fields of our own soul, as well as those for whom we pray. They are placed symmetrically in rows that when stretched align perfectly with, with one another, equidistance in their decades, but separate from the Our, from the Our Father. Together, they grow in a symbiotic relationship where we need God entirely, and He desires us entirely in order for His love to thrive exponentially, bearing fruit 60, 80, 100 fold. Wow. This segues into the second secret symbol of the rosary, yep. that we too will be stretched to our limits as Christians <clears throat> When our lives dredge into the valleys of despair, hopelessness, and grief, it is then that our priorities become properly aligned. Disaster strikes, but we are meant to, be, to remain sturdy mm-hmm. and remain strong together as one, for our God is a God of order. But we are meant to remain sturdy and remain strong. Uh, we, we as members of the global church remain equidistant from one another as separate missionaries in zeal, yet one community in love. Terry, you want to talk about wow, the third one? Yeah, the third community is the third secret of the rosary. This is each decade, the con- content folding and stretching that keeps us from being separated from the flock provides us with a certain degree of personal freedom to explore our vocation. Yeah, that God's called us to. Yes, we'll make mistakes. We'll get knotted up, but the circle of life will always remain intact for those who love the Lord. As such, we will always know that we can become discontangled if we work hard enough at examining the constant crisis of cross of our crisscross, crisscross of our will and God's will. It is in this contemplation that we become centered who on Christ. Yes who sends his spirit to guide us into order with him. The fourth, yes. The fourth secret symbol of the rosary is the fact that the placement of each bead is always out of reach, yet still centered in God the Father. The ten beads of each decade remain as one unit that spirals around in in the infinity, the ideal of our souls, who is our Father. It is right that we constantly seek him in endless circles to to remind us of our humanness. Mm. The Apostle John tells us, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we shall be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, 1 John 3, 2. This is why the ten decades 
the 10 decade beads, we pray the Hail Mary because who better to accompany us to the mystery of the beatific vision than the Theotokos, the God bear herself, Mary. Well said. The fifth symbol is a mystery of each decade. Mystery surrounds our faith because we can never be 100% sure. Our human surety is what keeps us from being God. This is a good thing because if we were God, we would surely mess everything up. The weeds that we would grow in our fields of faith would overcome the fruits and the vice would overcome virtue. We need a pure sunshine in that perfect water from above in order to become who we truly are. As we grow, this faith turns into the tree of sorts, a tree that was meant to bear much fruit. And from this tree comes the sixth symbol. Jesse, go for it. And from this tree, the sixth symbol of the rosary, with each and every branch that is broken, that is to say, with every hardship that we experience, each branch and, and scraped away place upon our shoulders as a cross, a cross that solidifies us in God's love through redemptive suffering. Mm. Of this cross, Our Lady stands mending the reeds together and weaving them together to form a spiritual rope. Wow. A rope that unites us with her love and out, and out of her son Jesus. A rope that saves us from our own selfishness. Mm-hmm. A rope that when climbed leads us to everlasting life. That rope is the rosary born from the seeds of our faith, nurtured by the grace of our God and forged with the love of Our Lady. Wow. Jesse, at first glance, the rosary is nothing more than a knotted string, a child's necklace, a jumbled set of jewelry whose value is only determined by the carrot of the exquisite elements used to form its structure. But I vouch that even if it were made of solid diamonds in monetary or physical value, are far outweighed by the spiritual power. Amen to that. As I mentioned before, it is in the symbolism that one discovers discovers that there's more that meets the eye when it comes to this precious form of prayer. Now, the same should be said of those who pray it faithfully. So, you are the seventh symbol of the rosary because through you that each of these mysteries are manifested. It is through you that our Lord's name is hallowed. It is through you that those most in need are given food to eat, water to drink, shelter to protect. It is through you that his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is through you that his daily bread be given to those most in need. It is through your repentance that God forgives us our trespasses because you were so willing to forgive the trespasser of others. It is through you that we wage spiritual warfare against the devil with our primary weapon being what? The rosary. rosary. So that those who we love might not be led into temptation but delivered from evil. It is through you and through your faithful resuscitation of this seemingly inconsequential piece of joy that the mm. world will be saved. Who said that? Louis de Montfort. Didn't he say that, Jess? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Terry. You're right. And and praying the rosary, it's a spiritual powerhouse of prayer because you're saying the two names that the devil most fears. Good point. You're saying the name of Jesus and Mary yes. 53 times. I love it. <laughs> so it's like having a, 
a 50 caliber machine gun that makes the, yeah, that makes the devil in hell tremble as the words of Jesus and Mary roll off our tongues with yep. faith, hope, and love. The rosary will also give you and your children the power that we need to reject the temptations of the evil one. St. Louis de Montfort says, if you have some type of vice and you start praying the rosary, you're either going to give up the vice or give up the rosary. You're not going to do both the same day. Makes sense. So the rosary will give you the power to reject the temptations of the evil one, the power to reject the false teachings of of the world, just like the Catholics did in the 13th century. Through the rosary, they saw through the lies of the Albigensians. And also to reject the allure of the culture of death. And in so doing, when you pray the rosary, you preserve yourselves strong as temples of the Holy Spirit. And you put on the armor of God and you stand firm on the solid foundation of the Catholic faith. I'm proud to say that I'm a mama's boy. I'm in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary. And remember, Jesus came through Mary. So no Mary know Jesus. Exactly. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah, and that's what we share with our Protestant brothers. I, I just know a friend of ours who was at our first Friday devotion, first Saturday devotion at the chapel. He was a Calvary Chapel youth minister. His name's Rob, you know him. And now yeah. he is with the Legion of Mary, and man, he's in love with Our Lady, promoting Our Lady of Fatima. I always say this, Jesse, once they find out true devotion to Mary, man, their love for Jesus increases greatly that's been my experience yeah that's right and uh and again just one of the there's so much there's so much modernist garbage going on right now one of the ways that you'll be able to detect when somebody is lying or not yeah pray the daily rosary exactly the the blessed virgin mother she will she will prick your conscience and give you that census for day that you already have through the sacraments yeah, yeah. And just like the Albigensians in, in the 13th century, well, yeah. you will know that when you hear somebody like Father James Martin, if you're praying the daily rosary, you know he's teaching error. That's she true. will give you discernment to know right from wrong. Pray the daily rosary. Well said. Wow. I hope, folks, you can pass these programs on to your friends through the social media. And uh, we appreciate all the support you've given us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you're brand new, I want to welcome you. I hope the, uh, the format of giving you the gospel every day and then Fulton Sheen and the areas of the day that we hit and show how our Catholic faith is the answer to all the evils of the world. And I want to encourage you to get your rosary out because remember Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sins. We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. Terry. Well said. Thanks again for all you do for us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thanks for all the AM stations that are picking up our show. And uh, don't forget, we're going to have Mark Huck on the Bishop Bishop Strickland show this uh, Wednesday, Tuesday.